you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. Now I can say this now, Kevin. Happy Thursday to you folks. We're just thankful that you took the time to uh, tune us in. However you're doing that, we're grateful for that. If you're listening on a radio station, show them some love. Send them a message. Uh, if you're listening by way of a podcast later on or something like that, go out there and give us five stars. Uh, and uh, just so you can lead some other people here, share it on your Facebook page. That would be great. So we were talking yesterday. We were talking about getting rid of the junk, cleaning out the trunk. We forget it's there, right? It piles up. We started mentioning actually day before on Tuesday. And then we talked about it yesterday. And then, and, and so today we wanted to come to the place of coming clean. So we, we want to continue on as Kevin said, we, with, when that anxiety comes, when that Turkey timer goes off, whenever, what it is in your life that pops up that little white or red thing that pops out of your butterball and says, it's time when life happens like that, when your body says it's time, you're all wound up, you're not sleeping, you're uh, you wound up tighter than an eight day clock, stop it. And then we talked about, well, then you got to go give it to God. You got to come on to him. You got to give him all that stuff. You got to say, God, I take this away from me. And then you get to the point where there's things out there, there's junk out there and you got to come clean, not only with yourself, but maybe others and definitely with God come and clean. God shows you the things you've done and people pray through that list of things uh, that you've done, pray through it and say, God, forgive me that I have done this. Forgive me that I had held on to this. And, and God's not magic. He's so much more than that. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit just, it gets in tune with us when we're faithful, when we're repentant, when we're sorrowful, when we, when we, when we give away our sins, when we, when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all that unrighteousness. He that covereth his sins will not prosper. They shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsake them shall have mercy. So, you know, the Bible's saying, listen, write those silly things down. Write those things down that you loaded in the trunk. You say, well, it's not really sin. No, but when that trunk gets full of sin, clean it. Get rid of it. Folks, it's a pretty wonderful thing when you're driving down the road in a clean car. It's a pretty wonderful life when that Holy Spirit is, is prompting you to get rid of things and you listen. And you say, boy, God, you showed me that. Well, then we get to this point, Kevin, and, and, and we've done that, but we may have hurt some people. There may be some collateral damage. There may be some casualties. There may be some people that got hurt along the way. There may be some people who are injured. There may be some people in our family that are saying, what in the world happened to dad or mom? What in the world happened to my kid? I'll tell you, there's something special when you say, hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit worked in my heart, and I realized I kept a lot of stuff on board. I want you to know I gave that to him, and I think along the way I may have hurt you in this way. Did I hurt you in any other way? Would you please forgive me? Is there anything I can do to help you feel better about that? How can I be a better human being? I want to serve God, and, I, and, and man, I want to be a good man. I want to be a good lady. Help me. How can I do better? And boy, people change, Kevin, when you do that. 
they change. They do. They do. You know, I'm thinking about when Jesus <clears throat> crossed the Sea of Galilee, he came to the land of Gadara, the Gadarenes, and there was a guy there who was evidently a dad, evidently at least a husband, and he lived for whatever reason. He was out of the tombs, and he was, I use him in preaching as a, t as a typical male nature in that he was living in the wild. He, he had conquered the wild. He had conquered strength because he broke chains and all that kind of thing. He was living nude, so he had sexual, you know, it was just over the top in his sexual drive, evidently. And he was, um, he was consumed with, you know, darkness, death. You know, he was just in a real dark place, and he, he lived in tombs. So, and he lived a lot along the lake. So, you know, he, he probably ate fish probably dead fish, you know, washed up on the shore, but you know, just typical man. And, um, anyway, when his champion, Jesus, when his advocate, Jesus showed up and drove out the legion, you know, which is a, an army, a military term. So this man here in, in looking for power, just as a typical male, looking for power, looking for that, you know, military stuff. He ended up with a legion of of, of devils that lived inside of him. And Jesus came and cast them out. And, um, afterwards he said, go home and show, uh, I was trying to get the, the quote here, go home and, and show uh, thy show friends what great and wonderful things I have done for thee and have had compassion on. Is that what he said? I don't know. It's something I pray. Yeah. There, there, yeah. there's about three times it's talked about one of the times it says, go home to thy house. Oh yeah. Um, Matthew, yeah, I think, right. Yeah. Yeah. I have to look it up, but, uh, yeah. yeah so evident, you know, friends, absolutely part of it too. So everyone that you disappointed, that you let down, that you were blowing up at, that your issues, your demons were, were influencing their lives, every, you know, in your pursuit for your freedom and your pursuit for your narcissistic way of life, having to have it your way, the people you walked over, go home and tell them what God's done. And in other words, Jesus showed up, flipped open your trunk lid and showed you the junk and then, and then offloaded it for you. Now go home and, and show people that you've come clean. And, uh, and evidently he did, man. And it was, uh, it was, I, can you imagine what it was like when he showed up at home and he's like, he's got, is that dad? He's got clothes on. He, he, is he going to hurt us? And they're hiding behind the door. You know, is he going to abuse us? Is he going to, you know, what's he going to do? But, um, you know, he talked about this man, Jesus that came and he talked about the difference that it made when he came clean with God and now he's coming clean. So yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Whenever God convicts me, and, and says, you knucklehead, do you know how much you hurt that person? You know, I just want to go. I've done that. I've gone to my kids or I've gone to other people and said, man, I am sorry. You know, I messed you up by, you know, you know, I took some luxury of my own and I ended up messing you, you know, hurting you. And I'm sorry. And it's right to do that. And thank God he gives them the capacity to forgive. And men did marvel is what the Bible said. He went out there and he, he testified about what Christ had done in his life and and boy, that's something. And Kevin, going back to what we said, when you go to people and say, man, I goofed, I was all messed up. This guy's going out there, he cried, he cut himself. He was all cut up, man. He he looked rougher than three nights in jail, man. He looked, he looked like he was in a lockup in Little Rock, is what my friend used to say. 
you look worse at a lockup at Little Rock. And uh, yeah, he was an old World War II veteran that had a little bit too much to drink on Main Street in Little Rock back in the 40s. And they locked him up for a few days till the Army came and got him out. And he, he would tell people every time they looked bad, you look like you've been locked up at Little Rock. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, by the way, I found it. It's in it's in Luke. Uh, what, what I don't even know what chapter. Luke eight down. It says in verse number thirty nine, "Return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee." And back in Mark, uh, in in chapter five, I'm on my harmony of the Gospels. One Mark five 20. nineteen. Yeah. yeah, go home to thy friends and tell. So, yeah, so yeah, his whole social, his whole society, his whole family—they had he had to come clean with them, like you're saying. Yeah, it's you know, on, on September 11, 2001, Debbie, the kids, and I were studying the Book of Mark, chapter five, and we were going back to Maine to plant our church. Some of you probably already heard about this. We had already committed. We were taking over a church outside of Bar Harbor, uh, an old General Association, regular Baptist church, and called the man and said, God's called me. Would you help me plan our church? And he said, I'll do better than that. I'll leave the keys on the table. But anyway, he had a, a house at our church. They were down to a handful of people. And this fellow was a, a Korean war vet. He said, I'm tired. I got kids living in South Carolina and stuff. I'm ready to go. And we read those words after that terrible day. And, uh, you know, go home and tell thy friends what good and wonderful things I have done for thee. And have and I'm, I'm probably got a couple of words wrong and have had compassion on thee. And that day it affected us that we needed to go home and tell our military friends and family, the people we had been with all those years. And we decided that Bar Harbor wasn't in the cards. And, and you know, folks, sometimes when we go to the Holy Spirit of God, the thing that we think is what God wants for us, God takes from us and says, no, Doug, you go do this. I'm so glad I listened. I'm so glad that I said to my family, you're right. This is what I need to do. All of us sat there, four of us looking at the Bible and, and the God's, God's talking about this crazy old maniac. We don't know much about this dude. We know the water got still that day. We know that. And he knew enough to walk down and meet his Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. We know God completely changed him. But, you know, as Kevin said, this could be a picture of every day in our lives. You know, not only does he save us, not only did he take those thousands of demons and send them into those pigs and run them down the hill, not only did all that happen, but he completely changed. He went home and told his family. And, folks, God changes us every day. He saves us once, but he changes us all the time. Go home and tell your family and friends what good and wonderful things and say, hey, did I mess you up? If I did, I'm sorry. Well, I tell you, the church would be a better place. Our families would be a better place. Great, great, great verses to talk about. I love the story of the Manicadera. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. I love listening to that song. It is well with my soul. Every time we go into that break, and those of you who listen to the pre-recorded podcast on the radio, we actually play the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And every time I listen to that, boy, I think about how well it is and how much God has done for us and those different things he does in our life, Kevin. And sometimes I, I'd like to look back over a period of time. This week, Debbie and I have been helping our son, Daniel. He lives in 
Simpsonville, South Carolina, we've been helping him put these massive shelves in his kitchen. This kid has gathered everything. God's been good to him. He bought a house back in 2017, a year after he graduated from college, and he just keeps on working on it, and he knows that Mom and I know some things and can build some things and have tools and some know-how and things of that nature. And But I was looking at him the other day, and I was thinking when he was five years old and we were going to kindergarten, and my oldest son was scared to death to go to kindergarten. He didn't say anything to me, but you could see it in him. He looked like he was going to pop. But he didn't say, Dad, I'm scared. Don't leave me here, whatever the case is. He he got out of the car and went with Mom, and I went in with his teacher, and and uh, and we picked him up at the end of the day, but he was scared. And I remember my five-year-old son, Daniel, three years later, we took him down to Christian school, to kindergarten. We, we dropped him off, and he was out of the car in the church, in the school, <laughs> before we could get out the doors. I was looking at him today, and I said, God, look at what you've done in this kid's life. Thank you. But it didn't just happen. Daniel's got a spirit that's different from anyone else. He had a friend of his. His friend's wife sent out a text that Daniel's been a knucklehead, not realizing she forgot to take Daniel off the text. And I think we ought to can him and things like that, and all kinds of things. And, you know, of course, uh, Debbie and I are like, Daniel. You got to dump this dude, man. You got to go over and pop him right in the nose. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to, you know, all these things. And then, you know, cooler heads prevail. Like Daniel, at the very least, you can't be this guy's friend. And and I look at Daniel over on the couch and he's like, hello. He says, hey, I, I see you wrote this about me. I'm sorry if I did anything to cause this. What can I do to make this all better? You know where all those friends meet today? There's 20 of them. Daniel's house. You know who's everybody's best friend? Daniel. You know, folks, I, I, I just think, you know, through lessons and as we go through these things and God reminds us, we gotta, we, we got to come clean. we got to seek forgiveness. And sometimes, you know, sometimes, Kevin, sometimes those relationships are not going to be completely restored. And that's okay. When it comes to your family, fight for them. But, but sometimes people are going to hurt you and you may hurt people. Get the forgiveness. Do the right thing in God. Tell them you're going to pray for them and pray for them. But don't bother them. They think you're a knucklehead now. <laughs> Just, you know. It's <laughs> so I, I hate to bring this side up, Kevin, but I feel like I have to. It's that Army Sergeant Major in me that has to say, listen, some people don't like you anymore. But God's not worried about that. You know what he wants? Yeah. He just wants us to come clean. And you could tell, I mean, Kevin and I can go through a list of friends and say, who hasn't called us in a couple of years? You know, and we go, whoa, I can't believe that guy wants nothing to do with me. Wait a minute. We haven't heard from that person. Now, you know what God says, you know, come clean, do what's right. And then instead of looking at your phone and saying, who hasn't called me? They don't like me anymore. I must be ugly. I must be fat. I must be stupid. I must not be. Shut up. <laughs> go through your phone and say, who loves me? God, look at these new friends you gave me. Man, it's party times. You know what someone said to me at church the other day? Doug called me. I'm buying the burgers at Red Robin. Let me tell you something right now. There are things in life that are great, and among them is a burger at Red Robin and a friend that says, <laughs> I'm buying. So, Kevin, we need to have the wisdom here, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, first of all, to go tell people I messed up, will you forgive me? Thank you so much. I'm praying for you. And if they don't return to phone calls, if they don't want to sit next to us anymore at church, if they're not sharing those $2 candy bars they sell at Christian schools with you anymore, 
Look for the people who are. I mean, how do we say that better, brother? Yeah. yeah I was just thinking of the scripture in First Corinthians 13. Love, uh, charity or, or love, godly love, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. So there are times where it it is we have tried our best. We've 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 tried to clear the air. We've said, look here in my trunk, you know, God's cleaned it out. Everything's everything is good between me and God. But for whatever reason, they're jaded. They've got to be be in their bonnet and uh, burr under the saddle. And so they are they're just going to, you know, continue to diss you. And um, in fact, just today I looked I was on Facebook and I saw some they, there was some kind of event that had taken place of someone that I, uh, you know, that, that a very close friend, but it, the friend is at a distance. And because of some just circumstances, that friend uh, did not invite me. And I didn't know that they were having this event. And I'm not even going to mention what it was, but I wasn't invited. And it's fine. I was in another place. I couldn't have attended anyway. I was I was quite a quite a distance away. But, you know, you think, why was I invited? And I had to I quickly came up with, you know, a couple reasons. And probably the biggest reason that stuck out in my mind is there was a lot of people that attended that event that would have been uncomfortable with me being there. Um and, and and with me being there simply because there was, you know, I'm still there's still vestiges of um uh, not a feud or anything like that. Not, not one bit, but there's, you know, we talked about narcissism. So the narcissist in my life, you know, did quite a bit of damage. And, and so some of that damage, you know, was close to the friendship. And so there was the little bit of controversy that even surrounded that, that friend was in the middle of it. So that friend is one of my best friends in the world. He did not invite me to this event and the event um which was very special to him he he invited people closer to him in his in his in his church and his church uh their position on um on the on the particular situation that i was describing without describing it um was was different than his position so he just didn't invite me because it would have been awkward so i say all that to say this thinketh no evil you know what i could have said what do you mean well you know i could have gotten angry at him inside i could have gotten in his face i could have sent him something and said well i thought we were friends not even an invitation well boy that's a fine kettle of fish or I should do what the Bible said and think no evil and say, you know what? He would have been in an awkward position. And these people were closer to him. And because they're closer to him, in, in, you know, proximity, and he's a member of that church. You know what? Let's let's just take the high road here. And let's just say, you know, this one was, you know, score one for, uh, you know, uh, you know, for, for their side. But um, God will work it all out. And this guy loves me to death. So. Yeah, it's like you were saying, Doug, can we look at something from a different angle and come out of it in a way that that we're, you know, we're going to we're going to still land on our feet. Yeah. And if you're like me and you tried to follow what Kevin was talking about and analyze what was going on, that was harder to follow than a brand new seven series. I just I just want you to know that. But <laughs> folks, I, yep. the, the point is this and he wanted it that way. But I think that's important. And uh, the point is accepting. 
hey, I didn't get an invite. You know what? I hope they have a great time. That's how you know you made it. And go to those things and get-togethers you're invited to. Invite people. You know, people like food. Uh, people like when you pour Sprite and grain sherbet in things and, and you have uh, cupcakes of many different kinds and gluten-free for Kevin. People like that stuff. So invite folks right. over, you know, pick, pick verses out of a cup and try to identify which one it is in the Bible. Oh, that's always fun. Folks, listen, we love you folks, and we hope that, you know, all this we're talking about is this. There's going to be some folks that leave you along the way. God knows that, and he's got a whole brand new group for you. There's going to be some folks that don't invite you, stuff. So they may still be your friends, but it's never going to be the same. And that's yeah. okay. And that's okay, because God's going to give you some new folks, and they're pretty great. God's got a plan for your life. We love you guys. We want to talk more about this, and and uh, we're going to talk. We're just going right into this tomorrow. We we talked about letting go, and that's where we're going. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.